Today we're reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, and today is Wednesday, all day long, um, and it's um, Pratipat, first day of the month of the month after Kartik. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> A month after Kartik, huh? Mm, that's a particular day, Katyayani Puja. Margasirsha. Oh, right. Okay, so we're coming into the winter time. Have you noticed? <clears throat> Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chaivanarottamam Deving Sarasvating Vyatsam Tato Jayamudirayet Nashta Prayeshvabhadreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavati Uttamashloke Bhakti Bhavati Naishtiki. We're reading from the tenth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, chapter one. The advent of Lord Krishna introduction. Uh, we're continuing to hear the account of how Kamsa is. Hmm. How how Kamsa is dealing with his fear, <laughs> yeah, and how Narada is stirring up his fear. <clears throat> and today we're getting a little explanation, a little background story uh, to Kamsa. Who is Kamsa? Atmanam ihasanjatam. Atmanam ihasanjatam Janan pragvishnunahatam Janan pragvishnunahatam Mahasuram kalanemim Mahasuram kalanemim Yarubi sa vyarudyata Yarubi sa vyarudyata Atmanam ihasanjatam Janan prag vishnunahatam Mahasuram kalaneming 
What does it all mean? <laughs> huh? Yes, not just a demon, but a big demon. <laughs> Atmanam. Personally. Iha. In this world. Sanjatam. Born again. Born again demons. Janan, understanding well. Prak, previously, before this birth. Vishnana, by Lord Vishnu. Hatam, was killed. Maha Asuram. A great demon. Kalanemim. By the name Kalanemi. Yadubi. With the members of the Yadu dynasty. Saha. He comes up. Vyarudyata. Acted inimically. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Śrīla Prabhupāda Ki Jaya. Translation, in his previous birth, Kamsa had been a great demon named Kalanemi and been killed by Vishnu. Upon learning this information from Narada, Kamsa became envious of everyone connected with the Yadu dynasty. 
purport persons who are demons, enemies of the supreme personality of Godhead, are called asura, asuras. As stated in Bhagavad Gita, the asuras, because of their enmity toward the supreme personality of Godhead, take birth after birth in asura families and therefore glide down to the darkest, hellish regions. And so ends Prophet's purport in this previous, in his previous birth. Kamsa had been a great demon named Kalanemi and had been killed by Vishnu upon learning this information from Narada. Kamsa became envious of everyone connected with the Yadu dynasty. We're seeing a, an acceleration of, inten of intensity, of conflict. Uh, <clears throat> and this intensification of the conflict uh, between the demons and the demigods, the devas and the asuras, is um, elsewhere in the Bhagavatam, the analogy is given of um, bamboo. When bamboo is rubbing against bamboo, it can spark a fire. And so the analogy is used to suggest how the Lord can appear out of conflict. We hear a lot about wildfires nowadays. It seems uh, they're happening more and more and more with, uh, with what is identified as global warming. So the world is heating up uh, and burning down. Seems to be what we're doing, human. Uh, population is uh, becoming very expert at doing this. Well, uh, the, the we may say the uh, the fundamental uh, heat uh, of conflict is is what is behind this. Uh, in this verse, uh, we are hearing about. Uh, a big demon, <laughs> Maha-asura. The word asura mm, is used already in the Rig Veda uh, several times, not necessarily for demon. Uh, the English word demon uh, comes from Greek, daimon, and a daimon can be uh, any, any divinity who is engaged in this world that's a that's a daimon <laughs> any in any case uh, asura there was a, a a theory which it's kind of neither been established nor refuted that uh, the word is related to or comes from uh, the persian ahura uh, it's interesting, for what it's worth, that uh, in the ancient uh, Persian tradition, Ahura, Ahura Mazda, 
uh, is the supreme being, and Ahura. Ahura were the good guys, and the Daeva were the bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, <laughs> well, <clears throat> scholars are debating, or they used to debate, uh, is there a connection here or not? It hasn't been firmly established, but it's 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 kind of interesting. Uh, uh, so we're getting a bit of history here, we may say, background history, to why is this demon a, a big demon? What's his problem? <laughs> uh, and it, 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 there's a, you know, there is a problem. It goes back before this life. And it goes back to someone named Kalanemi. I, I didn't have time to really get to the bottom of the story of Kalanemi. It seems there are different stories. The name Kalanemi, Kala means time, Nemi uh, means a portion. So like in a chariot wheel with all its spokes, so one portion of two spokes, between two spokes, that's a Nemi. And so Kalanemi suggests the passage of time. And Kalanemi has something to do with this. And he appears in some versions. I don't know that he appears in uh, the Valmiki Ramayana, but he appears in some versions of Ramayana. Ramayana has so many versions. Uh, as a relative of Ravana, whom Ravana sends to try to stop Hanuman from uh, from from going to collect the herbs to save uh, Lakshman, uh, and for this purpose, he there's something about a crocodile, and in any case. Uh, so the story seems to go that <laughs> uh, his purpose is foiled. Hanuman kills the crocodile and also kills Kalanemi. Ja! Uh, and so he is able to go off to uh, the, uh, the mountain in the Himalayas to get the herb. And of course we know the, he doesn't know which herb to get. And so what does he do? Picks up the whole mountain. Yeah, that's logical. <laughs> the logical thing to do. Yes, um, well, that would go off on another subject, but here we have um, a sort of background story to why someone is, um, is causing trouble in this life and and we see this again and again in the in the uh, Puranic literature. Uh, there's a story when you see some something going on. Why is it happening? It's happening because of something else that happened at another time. There's always some background to it, and and uh, this general point I think helps us to understand. Uh, when we experience different situations in this life. There's something behind it. We may not know uh, what it is.
Um, it's interesting. I, I've been thinking about this the story of uh, Hiranyakashipu. Well, Jaya and Vijaya, and then of course they become Hiranyakashipu and Hiranyaksha, and then they become. Who do they become? Huh? They become Ravana and Kumbhakarna, Kumbhakarna, pot ears. And then they become Shushupala and Dantavakra. Now, here's a question that one might ask, and indeed it has been asked, it turns out. I just, it, it was kind of amazing, but uh, it popped up on my computer screen yesterday evening <laughs> that this question was raised. Um, the question is, why is it if Hiranyakashipu and Hiranyaksha were killed by the Lord, why were they not immediately liberated back home, back to Godhead? Now you may say, well, they were cursed to have three lifetimes. Yes, but that's not the only reason. And this is discussed in uh, the very Vishnu Purana. This question comes up in the Vishnu Purana. And there it's discussed. Parashramuni, I believe, explains Hiranyakashipu and Hiranyaksha, as they were uh, fighting with the Lord, they could not understand that he was the Lord. They did not, it didn't register who they were dealing with. They, they were all the time just thinking, uh, this is, you know, a half man, a half lion, something very strange. But they were, or, or Varaha, very strange. But they were not understanding uh, that this is the Lord. And similarly, Ravana, when he's uh, meeting with Rama, he doesn't understand that this is the Lord. He thinks this is a human being. And so it's not enough. <laughs> there are other reasons uh, given, but uh, it's not enough. Finally, oh yes, the other reason uh, explained, and I believe uh, Jiva Goswami also makes this point. There are three principal forms of the Lord, of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. There's Nrsingadev, there's Rama, and there's Krishna. And they are listed in this order. Well, I don't know if it's Rama or Singha, but in any case, it's Krishna is the last. And Krishna at the last is significant. Krishna, ete changsa kalapungsa, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. He is the original Supreme Lord. And therefore, it is Krishna who liberates. It is finally when 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 Shishupal, first of all, <laughs> Shishupal had been making so many um, insults, and as he was insulting the Lord, he was naming the Lord. He was speaking the Lord's names. 
And all of this was <coughs> bringing him, <coughs> excuse me, to connect with the Lord, as we know also Ajamila does. And so, um, when, when the time comes, he makes that number 100 insult, uh, such that Krishna, having been counting with his little counter, one, two, three, finally comes to 98, 99, go ahead, Shishupal, make one more insult. We're waiting. That's right, last insult. Very good. Now, now I have kept my promise to your mother not to kill you. So long as you make 100 insults. <laughs> and so the last one, is done, and then he kills him. And then what happens? Everyone witnesses something very amazing. They see uh, the spark, which is Shishupal, enter into uh, the body of Krishna. And Yudhishthira is shocked. He says, how is this possible? <laughs> and his shock and amazement leads him then to ask the question, which... Uh, leads to Narada's giving the response which constitutes the entire seventh canto of the Bhagavatam. Uh, so this Asura Bhava persists, it can persist for a long time, so much so uh, that Krishna explains in Bhagavad Gita chapter 16, Remember chapter 16? It's my favorite chapter. Is it? Yeah, because it describes myself. Uh, huh? No, the, the demonic nature. <clears throat> yes, Krish, uh, what is it? Toward the end, Krishna is expressing what seems like a rather a sense of, uh, a mood of anger. This Bhagavad Gita looks like it's hasn't seen better days. It's falling apart. Yeah. Tanaham vishata kruran sangsareshu naradama chipam yajasram ashuban asrish eva yonishu those who are envious and mischievous, who are the lowest among men, I perpetually cast into the ocean of material existence, into various demoniac species of life. Notice, he doesn't say, I cast them eternally into hell, uh, which has been an idea promoted within uh, some Abrahamic traditions, we won't mention names, uh, and has been a cause of consternation amongst uh, their followers. Uh, I was, I came upon the interesting person, <clears throat> 19th century uh, British author, George MacDonald. Anyone heard of George MacDonald? Probably not. He was... Um, he was a novelist. He, he wrote fantasy novels, especially. 
uh, and uh, including for children, especially for children, he, bec he became very popular. He was, a, he was a Christian minister, and he was very much concerned about this idea that uh, someone could be condemned to hell for eternal punishment. And he had a very interesting argument of why this doesn't make sense. Um, several arguments, but one point he made was that uh, what, in what way would this change a person's, a person who has sinned has now to burn eternally in hell. How is that going to correct his sin? And furthermore, how is that bringing any glory to the Lord? And if it's not bringing glory to the Lord, if it's not showing that the Lord is glorious, then what would be the point? Why would the Lord do such a thing? So he, he was very concerned with this. It doesn't make sense. Anyway, he, 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 he wrote fantasy novels uh, essentially to explore spirituality. And I find it interesting that he was the inspiration for many later fantasy writers, including C.S. Lewis, uh, you've heard of C.S. Lewis? You read his books, yeah. So he, uh, he wrote several books, including some fantasy stories for children, all of which have, you know, some sort of, uh, some sort of journey, some seeking, some uh, coming to higher, higher wisdom. Well, uh, aside from that little um, uh, diversion, into relatively recent history. What I find, uh, what I found interesting this morning, uh, reading this section of uh, Bhagavad Gita. So the point was that Krishna is not saying this person's going to burn eternally in hell. He says, he says repeatedly, life after life, someone may go into uh, us. Asura uh, bodies. In fact, he says in the next verse, Asuring yonim apannam. One goes literally into demon, demon wombs. <laughs> Muda janmani janmani again and again, life after life. Mama prapya eva konteya. I become a prapya, I become not available, I become inaccessible, Krishna says, to such a person. Um, but now, here's the point. Here's where Krishna comes to the tasmat, therefore. Whenever Krishna says tasmat, he's been say, making, he's been building up something, and then he says tasmat, therefore, <laughs> I have a conclusion. And what is that? Trividham, narakasyedam, dvaram nashanam, atmana, and what are these trividham dvaram nashanam? What what are they? Yes. Kama kroda tata lobas tata tasmat etatrayam tyajet. 
one should therefore give up. <laughs> and it's, it's funny. Uh, Prophet's translation, he says, every sane man <laughs> should give these up. <laughs> well, it doesn't say every sane man in the, in the Sanskrit, but Prabhupada says, you know, it's only sane. <laughs> it, it's only reasonable. Tasmat etatrayam tyajet tyajet. This is this um, optative form, which means you should do it. If you want the result, which is to become free from repeated birth and death, this is what you should do. Give up kama, kroda, and loba. Well, uh, our, uh, I almost said friend, Kamsa, is not ready to do that. He is, um, he is a maha-asura. And speaking of maha-asuras, then, we have another term which begins with maha, and that is mahajana. Mahajana, great person. And I was recalling that Srila Prabhupada discusses at quite some length about Mahajanas in um, Chaitanya Charitamrita. In the 17th chapter, Madhya Lila, uh, Krish, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is glorifying Madhavendra Puri. He says, Mm. Dharma stapana hetu sadur vyavohar purigo sair je acharan se dharma sar. A devotee's behavior establishes the true purpose of religious principles. The behavior of Madhavendra Purigo Swami is the essence of such religious principles. There is, there's a very long purport. I won't read the whole thing, but Prabhupada is saying there are all sorts of Mahajans for all sorts of people, including for the demons. <laughs> um, well, he, he says for the yogis, for example, uh, who want to control the senses, Patanjali Rishi is a Mahajan. <clears throat> uh, for the jnanis, the atheist Kapila, Vashishta Durvasa, <clears throat> Datatreya and other impersonalists are Mahajans. For demons, for the demons, Hiranyaksha, Hiranyakashipu, Ravana, Ravana's son Meganada, Jarasandha, and others are accepted as Mahajans. For materialistic anthropologists speculating on the evolution of the body, a person like Darwin, Darwin is a Mahajan. The scientists who are bewildered by Krishna's external energy have no relationship with the Supreme Personality of God, and yet they are accepted by some as Mahajanas. Similarly, philosophers, historians, literary men, public speakers, and social and political leaders are sometimes accepted as Mahajans. 
There's another term I've just come across in the publicity world, influencers. <laughs> right? This is, a, this is used now in the social media. I've been looking a little, exploring about uh, the uses of social media as I explore uh, ideas of promoting uh, the book which I've just written and published, uh, which, um, yeah, I'm hoping hard copy will arrive in the next few days so I can show you. Um, and uh, it's interesting, uh, there's, there's something which is, someone has called uh, the, um, what is it now? I've forgotten the word now. The, uh, huh? No, influencer, but uh, what is, uh, casino, that's it. The casino effect. The, have you heard of the casino effect? So these um, these uh, media like Instagram, for example, it's a company. It's actually part of a bigger company, uh, and companies are in the business of making money. And how they make money is by getting you to use them. And the more you look at them, the more you use them, the more. Uh, advertisements will be seen by you. And the more advertisements are seen by you, the more money uh, Instagram gets. And so they do different things. They have what are called uh, algorithms, which help to make it more likely that you will spend more time looking. And why are you looking one of the big reasons you are looking is because you get a little charge in your brain of dopamine. Dopamine makes you happy. Yoo-hoo! I got a like. I got another like. I got so many likes. Happy, happy. But the way they make this is... Um, it's the casino effect. If you, I never had this experience myself, but I've seen years ago when I was going on a ferry from uh, Sweden to Finland. It was an overnight ferry, and as we, the passengers, uh, were um, let onto the ferry, I saw people running into the ferry. Where were they running? They were running to the slot machines on this, um, on this ship to immediately start using it. And the slot machine is designed in such a way that you will sometimes win, but then you will sometimes lose. But then that thrill you got from winning makes you want to try again. And the dopamine actually apparently works both ways. There's a thrill in losing also. Yeah. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Welcome to the age of Kali. <laughs>
welcome to the material world. So, uh, yeah, so the casino effect then in the social media is getting you to spend more time uh, with that social media so that you bring more money to that company. It's all about money. Uh, and so, indeed, mudho janmani janmani, lifetime after lifetime, we can spend our, our lives uh, absorbed in these things. Uh, speaking of long periods of time, also, um, Kamsa reminded me of Ashvatama. We all know about Ashvatama and how at the, at the end uh, of the, mm, the battle of Kurukshetra, after it was thought that it's all over, what does he do? He enters into the camp of uh, the Pandavas and he murders uh, the sons of Draupadi and the Pandavas. Uh, he gets this idea while sitting under an Ashvata tree in which there are many uh, blackbirds or crows sitting in the branches of the tree. When uh, an owl, this is at nighttime, it's at dusk, and he's sitting uh, with his friends and they're discussing what to do, and then this owl comes in to the tree and starts eating up the crows. And that gives him the idea. Uh, and he worships Lord Shiva. And it's understood that Lord Shiva enters into him. And so, as a kind of embodiment of Lord Shiva, he goes and does this terrible crime. And then after this, he is caught. And we all know it's described in seventh chapter of first canto Bhagavatam, uh, Krishna and Draupadi are speaking to Arjuna and um, saying two opposite things to Arjuna, Arjuna about what he should do to punish Ashvatama. Uh, and w Krishna is saying you should kill him and Draupadi is saying don't kill him. And we know Arjuna decides the solution is, because he has to please both, uh, to remove this jewel uh, from Ashvatthaman's head. And we read this and we think, that doesn't sound like much of a punishment to me. Um, but it says from his, it, it, removing the jewel from his hair, apparently that's what it says in the Bhagavatam, in the Mahabharata, he is born with this jewel in his forehead. Uh, and so this points to his being also identified with the snakes. In any case, Arjuna apparently in the Mahabharata, in the more complete version, he, he carves out this jewel. And then, little more horror for this morning. And then, um, it's not Arjuna, but it's Krishna who then curses Ashvataman 
to wander for 3,000 years alone without any identity because uh, the jewel has been his identity. Now he has lost it. Now, now, in effect, he is no one. And it's said he wanders and he wanders and he's still wandering today. And there are occasionally on social media people report that they have seen Ashvataman. <laughs> so he's kind of a Bigfoot character. You've heard of Bigfoot. Yeah, so, so now the winter is coming on, the dark time is coming. Who knows, maybe Ashvataman is lurking about Radhadesh, Hare Krishna. And on that happy irrelevant note I think I'll stop here before something worse comes out of my mouth <laughs> any thoughts further points questions about any of these yes um, yeah indeed how is that? It's also said that he wanders until the end of the age of Kali. <laughs> and then there's different versions about how long the age of Kali goes. So some of them, it's another 3,000 years, or I mean, from that time. Yes, Jai. Mm, yes. Yes. He becomes Vyasa. Yeah, he's associated with Vyasa. It's interesting too. He's a very he's a mysterious character. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. Mm. The difference, well, you'd probably have to ask one of those who have actually had that experience. <laughs> what is the difference? Uh, the, the, what's the difference between merging into Brahman as one form of liberation and merging into the body of the Lord? Uh, we understand, sometimes it's said that uh, Brahman effulgence is the effulgence of the Lord's body. And then, what is the Lord's body? Well, it's Satchit Ananda Vigraha, isn't it? And so what would that form, what would that experience of merging with that body be? You would think it would be an experience of not just sat, but also chit and ananda. But specific 
uh, distinctions made between the two. Of course, we also uh, know the, the term sayujya mukti, uh, where yuj, it's that, it's that verbal root that we get from yoga. Uh, yoga, the verbal root, the dhatu is yuj, which means to join. Um, and so sayujya yuk, uh, mukti is um, um, a liberation of joining the Lord. Now, what is this joining? In English, there's the word union, but there's another word, and that is communion, 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 communion. Uh, we hear in the Christian tradition, they use a lot the, the notion communion, uh, which is a sense, it's, it's not the sort of, it's not union in the sense of losing one's identity. It's more like what we understand as um, perfectly uh, entering into uh, the spiritual world, as we say. Um, so we may say that the liberate because in the Sri Vaishnava Sampradaya tradition, they don't condemn Sayuja Mukti. We, Gaudiya Vaishnavas, condemn. We say, thank you, no thank you. <laughs> we don't want it. Why do we not want it? Because it's, uh, it sounds too much like losing our identity. In the Sri Vaishnava tradition, apparently their understanding is it's not losing identity because that wouldn't be Sri Vaishnava philosophy. It would be more like communion. I don't know that... Uh, any more detail is uh, given to make the distinctions. When we when we hear of uh, merging with with Brahman or Brahma Jyoti, uh, the emphasis is there that you're in a position which is mm, very uncertain or very uh, impermanent. You're there, and you will fall from it. Aruhya kritchena param param tata patantyadha anadriti yushmadangraya. You've made it finally to Brahma Jyoti, and what are you going to do there? As Prabhupada would say, you send a spaceship up or an airplane, at some point it's got to come down. But liberation into the body of the Lord well, we, we, we understand from the case of Shishupal, he enters into the body of the Lord, but then what happens with him? He returns, doesn't he? He goes back to where he started. He becomes again Jaya. So some sort of difference seems to be there. My understanding, yes. That's called communion, holy communion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Holy communion. Uh, also, they don't. Uh, they speak of uh, the the bread and the wine. They say it's not a transformation; it's a transubstantiation. 
uh, it's it's more fundamentally uh, different. Yes, Thomas Aquinas. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, yes, Matish. Well, that's kind of like, uh, yeah, but that's sort of, um, mm, um, what do you call it, uh, in, in, a, in a drama, in a performance, uh, there's, uh, there's the, not reframe, what is it, when they come back on stage at the end of the performance? Encore, yeah. Yeah, it's sort of, I, I see that as a kind of encore. <laughs> Because the Bhagavad, uh, the Chaitanya Charitamrita is is a, like a commentary on the Bhagavatam. So Jai and Vijay uh, agree to come. Okay, we'll come again <laughs> for some more pastime. Because who can resist to have some pastime with uh, some Leela with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? Uh, that's that's going to be that's going to be worthwhile. So um, yeah. That's a special kind of uh, mm, one more one more appearance. It's uh, it's Bhakti Shastri plus. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't this wonderful? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, the explanation from a pure standard uh, Vedantic, Advaita Vedantic uh, point of view, that's not a problem because you are that Brahman which is um, consciousness itself, which is conscious of itself, and which is Therefore, Satchit and indeed they will include Ananda, not just Sat. Uh, they will say these are the uh, characteristics. So you you don't have to worry about this because you're going to be all of that. <laughs> and you will say, but that doesn't make sense, and I will agree. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Uh, to which they may say, well, it's inconceivable. And we will say, um, we have another idea which is inconceivable, but a lot more, a lot more conceivable. Achintya veda veda vada. There is a simultaneous 
we heard this yesterday, the Nimbarkas also speak simultaneous, but they don't understand uh, that it's inconceivable, possibly because in early Veda, Veda, Vedanta, they're actually uh, speaking not of simultaneous difference and non-difference, but sequential difference and non-difference, where this world, when it's created, is the difference, and when it's resumed back into Mahavishnu, it's the non-difference. And then again, so that's a kind of cyclical beta, beta. Um, but uh, yeah, Hare Krishna. Right. Yes, Jai No, go ahead. What Krishna's body is made of? Oh, it's effulgence, is made up of happy souls. Happy souls, Jai. Being a happy soul? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that happiness is miserable. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, yeah, so uh, therefore it said the Vaishnava does not accept these different forms of liberation because they deprive one of service. Much happier. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we may not make it. So, Krishna says in the Gita, famously, Janma karma chame divyam evam yoveti tattvata tyaktvadeham punar janmanaiti mameti saha arjuna. Um, one who understands the daiva character, this transcendental character of Krishna's janma and karma, uh, such a person, tyaktva deham punar janmana, eti, uh, one will not again come here if uh, one understands this. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, Krishna makes all the right arrangements. <laughs> Yes. So the good news is, um, if we're uh, determined to be a demon or a maha demon, um, we may take birth again and again and again and again in this world, but it's not eternal. Huh? Yeah, the world's not eternal, that's a fact. Okay. 
Shila Prabhupada ki jai, Grantaraj Shimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Gaur Premanande.